Second Kings chapter number seven. Second Kings seven. Remind you that tomorrow's Memorial Day, so there's no church tomorrow night. Praise God. Second Kings seven, verse number one. Then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord, thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow, about this time, shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Then a Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not eat thereof. And there were four leprous men at the entering end of the gate, and they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? If we say we will enter the city, then the famine is in the city, and we will die there. And if we sit still here, We die also. Now therefore come and let us fall unto the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we will die. That's deep right there. And they rose up in the twilight to go unto the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. This isn't my message, but as I was reading it, just kind of struck me. You really have no idea what God's got working. While the prophet is prophesying about deliverance at the same time, God has what seems to be four insignificant lepers who had just been hanging out at the gate, stirred up to do something that ultimately turns out to be a part of God's purpose and plan. They said, if we sit here, we die. If we go in the city, we die. If we go down to the enemy camp, the worst that can happen is we just die. I want to preach to you tonight, and this won't make sense right away. I'll explain it in a few minutes. I want to preach to you tonight on this subject, aim to miss. Aim to miss. Father, thank you for your presence we feel in this place tonight. Thank you for the privilege of being in your presence. God, I pray tonight for all those that are traveling this weekend that you'd keep your hand of protection upon them and bring them home safely. I pray, God, that for those that are in this service tonight, that you would touch every heart, every life. I pray, God, that you would speak to us tonight through your word. I ask you again tonight, Lord, not let this be a sermon, but let me be a messenger to deliver a message from you that somebody needs to hear. Trust you and depend upon you tonight. I trust you for your anointing, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Perhaps many of you will remember in some degree or other 2010 when a 
copper and gold mine collapsed in Chile. 33 men were buried in that mine. Buried there for 69 days over 2,000 feet underground. I don't think anybody's got any business being that far underground. Six feet under is more than enough. And I'm in no hurry for that. 69 days over 2,000 feet underground. This is not intended to be an endorsement. This is not intended to be an endorsement. I understand by the nature of me even saying this, it somewhat becomes that, but I am stating this is not intended to be an endorsement. But there is a movie out now that is about the story of these 33 miners and what took place. I am quite sure that like any movie about real life events, there are some things that have been added to for a little more dramatic effect and all of that, and who knows exactly how much that is the case. But in that movie, as they are attempting to drill down, not sure, they had no idea if those guys were even living, if they had just simply died in the collapse. In an attempt to drill down over 2,000 feet to just try to somehow, first of all, even make contact to see if they were living. The problem they had in drilling was they could not account for the deflection of the, the shaft, the drilling shaft that was going to go down. There was a refuge room that they were able to use and gather in, and so I, that was what they were shooting for. But they had no way of, of, of knowing exactly how much deflection there would be. After several attempts and not being able to hit on the verge of giving up, at least according to the movie. The minister of mining for Chile and the engineer, the mining engineer they had brought in, the mining engineer was ready to give up and quit. But the minister of mining made this statement. He said, we need to aim to miss. Rather than trying to specifically hit the spot, we need to aim to miss. I, I am afraid that we have reached a point to a degree collectively, but as m maybe even more so as individuals, we are afraid to miss. We spend a lot of time paralyzed doing nothing because we might miss. I, I believe wholeheartedly in hearing from God. I, I know we need words from God. I know in many different situations and circumstances we need to know what the will of God is. And I understand that there are some times in some situations that you just need to be still and do nothing and wait for what God says or what God does. But I think we've kind of used that as a cop-out. Because I think there's a lot of other situations. I don't think you got to just sit and wait. 
For thus saith the Lord. And you don't have to wait for Gabriel to show up with an angelic message to tell you what to do. And you don't need anybody else to give you a word. You just need something inside of you. That stirs up and says, I might miss, but I'm going to aim. I might not be right on target and hit it just on, but I'm going to do something. I, I don't know. I, I guess some of you, maybe, maybe with regards to your worship, you, you sit around and wait for God to tell you what to do. Well, if God tells me to dance, I'll dance. If God tells me to run, I'll run. This past Monday, I think it was, I know that it's the 23rd. I mean, if that Monday was the 23rd, there's been too much and I'm too confused. We're, Two weddings in a week, two weekends has fried my mind. You fry my mind. See, told you my mind is fried. Monday, the 23rd, right? Monday was the 23rd. Whether it was Monday or not, it is the 23rd, 1992. I do know that for the record. We had a group anniversary celebration this year. Isn't that fun? All six people, that's celebrating an anniversary. That's lovely. Actually, it was. You think I'd have made it to 24 years if the only time I ever told my wife I loved her is when she told me to tell her, told me to tell her? Thus saith Angie to you, David. (laughs) Tell me you love me. I love you. If God's got to tell you, clap your hands. Thus saith the Lord, clap your hands. I was made in the image of God. I got to tell you, if I got to tell you to tell me how much you love me, I don't want to hear it. If I got to tell you to tell me I look good, forget it. Keep it to yourself. <laughs> I, there, there's, a, there's a mentality I think we've gotten that we, we just want to play it safe. Because what if I miss... These four lepers had absolutely no guarantee. In fact, the only thing they thought was a guarantee was, we are going to die. We sit here, we die. We go in the city, there's nothing to eat, we die. The worst thing can happen is we go to the enemy's camp and they just get it over with quicker. At least we're done with it. But they decided to just see. Let's just see what will happen. They had no idea that the prophet had just said, this time tomorrow, the famine's going to be over with. And they had no idea that God had chosen them to be instruments through which He was going to work to fulfill His word. Maybe there's some stuff you're sitting around waiting to do. You don't understand the significance that God has positioned you because at the very same time, there's other stuff He's got in motion. Sit here, we die. We go there, we die. We may miss. Let's just aim to miss. If we aim to miss and we miss... What have we missed? If it's all right to miss, then it's all right to try. 
I don't know. I, I got to tell you, I, uh, if, if you, if you are in the hospital on your deathbed, you see me come in, I would highly recommend you call the nurses to get me out. I've been to the hospital to pray for about four or five people that were on their deathbed. I am O for five. <laughs> You're laughing. I'm really not joking. It's, really, it's not good. I prayed for a lot of people to get healed that haven't got healed. I've missed. But you know what? I think God's a little more concerned with just having something to work with than He is how much you might miss. I, I, I used it uh, somewhere. Oh, I think last Thursday night downstairs in the chapel. But David, the son that was born to Bathsheba, the first son born out of the adulterous relationship, and the child was born sick, and David fasted and prayed. And I mean, he was, he was desperate for God to do something. He wouldn't leave his place of prayer. They tried to get him to eat. They tried to get him to leave. He wouldn't do it. And he prayed and he fasted. And finally, the child is sick, and the Bible says they're standing around and, and they're talking, and David looks over and he kind of perceives something was going on. They were afraid to say something because their, their fear was if he's acting like this when the child's sick, what will he do when he finds out the child is dead? And so David just asks and they confirm that the child had died and much to their surprise, David gets up, goes and changes clothes and asks for something to eat. They said, we don't understand. While the child is sick, you fast and you pray and, 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 and whatever. And now the child dies and you get up and you go and go on about your business. He said, as long as, I'm paraphrasing, but as long as the child lived, there was a chance. I may have missed, but I was aiming. As long as he was living, I could ask God to heal him. Now that he's dead, all I can do is go to him. He can't come to me, but I can go to Him. I just believe tonight, I know this is a simple little message, but I just believe tonight there's a few folks here that God is interested in you just moving. Rather than sitting and waiting on Him to give you a word, I, I understand that Peter stood there on the boat that day and when he saw Jesus walking on the water and he said, Lord, if that's you, bid me to come. I don't think Peter walked on the water. I think Peter walked on the Word. The Word was come, and Peter stepped out onto the boat. It wasn't the water he was trusting in. It was the Word he was trusting in. And I, I know it's nice to have a Word. But sometimes you just got to do like the lepers and say, you know what, I'm dying here, I might die there, and I may even die there. But I'm going to get up and do something. Listen to what happened with Jonathan, Saul's son, 1 Samuel chapter 14. Verse number 1, previous verses of the previous chapter, 
verses of the previous chapter state that there was a standoff that was going on between the Philistines and the children of Israel. Verse number 1 says, Now it came to pass upon a day that Jonathan the son of Saul said unto the young man that bare his armor, Come and let us go over to the Philistine garrison that is on the other side. But he told not his father. And Saul tarried in the uttermost part of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree which is in Migron and the people that were with him were about 600 men. And Ahai, the son of Ahitub, I guess he's a descendant of a bathtub. And Ichabod's brother, the son of Phinehas, the son of Eli, the, the Lord's priest in Shiloh, wearing an ephod. And the people knew not that Jonathan was gone. Sometimes you get so overwhelmed by your circumstances, you got no idea what's going on. But Jonathan was gone. And between the passages by which Jonathan sought to go over under the Philistine garrison, there was a sharp rock on the one side and a sharp rock on the other side. And the name of the one was Bozes, and the name of the other was Sina. The forefront of the one was situated northward against Michmash, and the other southward over against Gibeah. And Jonathan said to the young man that bare his armor, Come. Let us go over unto the garrison of these uncircumcised. It, you reading? It may be. It may be. We're not sure. We don't have a word. We just know it may be. That the Lord will work for us. For there is no restraint to the Lord. To save by many or by few. And his armor bearer said unto him, do all that is in that. Boy, it's sure nice when you got somebody around you that will join with you. Rather than being a skeptic and a doubter and, 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 and a fearful, they'll just say, you know what, whatever you say, let's do it. Do all that is in thine heart. Turn thee. Behold, I am with thee according to thy heart. Then said Jonathan, Behold, we will pass over unto these men, and we will discover ourselves unto them. If they say thus unto us, Tarry until we come to you, then we will stand still in our place, and we will not go up unto them. But if they say thus, Come up unto us, then we will go up. For the Lord hath delivered them in our hand, and this shall be a sign unto... I don't know about you, but if I was Jonathan, that would not have been my fleece. I mean, I would have been like, if there's a lightning bolt that strikes them, we will go up. He said, if they tell us to come up, we're coming up. In my mind, if the enemy tells you to come, that's because they think they're ready. But he said, if they tell us to come up, we're going to go up because that means the Lord has delivered them into our hands. Now, wait a minute, Jonathan. Don't forget how you got there. You got there on a maybe. You didn't get there on a thus saith the Lord. There was no angel. There was no vision. 
You didn't have a dream. You just said, I'm tired of sitting here. If we go over there, maybe. Maybe. Just maybe. And we, well, God spoke to me, and now that God spoke to me, I need a prophet to come and confirm. And then after a prophet comes and confirms, I need an angel to come. And then when that angel's come, I need a, I, I, I need a, my own dream in the middle of the night. I know I'm exaggerating a little bit. A little bit. We love confirmation after confirmation. Have, have you read your Bible? How many people God spoke once and that was it? For all we know, Noah got one word. One word. We've had, I don't, we, you can't even count the number of men and women of God that have come through this church and said the same thing that somebody else said and had no idea what had already been said. We get up, dance and shout, and then we sit right back down. <laughs> Maybe the next guy will tell us again. <laughs> Jonathan said, Maybe. Maybe, maybe if we go, or if we go, maybe God will do something. We're going to aim, and it may miss, but at least we aimed. We may not hit the mark, but at least we tried. There was, there was. I, I think it's been posted now on social media. First time I saw it was in a in a art store somewhere. It was a picture of. Michael Jordan, and he went through and he listed, or it listed, the number of shots that he took in his career and missed. The number of foul shots that he took in his career and missed. The number of last second shots he took in a game that were game winning shots and missed. And then there was a statement along these lines on there. I succeeded because I failed. You know, as, as Christians, most of us would never be able to play in, in, the, in, in Major League Baseball. Because we would only be content to play if we batted a thousand. You realize you can be a millionaire and fail seven out of ten times. How sweet is that? You can fail seven out of ten times and make millions of dollars. Because if you can do it three out of ten times, they'll pay you. Why is it that we somehow feel like everything we do has to be a total, complete success? I, I, Mike, I know it's frustrating. How, how big was that auditorium you guys used this last time at big. <laughs> How many people? Rough couple hundred people at least that could see? Close to a th thousand? Eight hundred? Thousand? How many? What was the biggest crowd you had? Sixty-five. Man, we missed, but we aimed. And what if one of these times we aimed to miss? But this time we aim to miss. 
happens to be the time we hit. I, again, I realize it's a movie and I, it may not be completely accurate. But when they aim to miss, they hit. They succeeded because they realized we may fail. But failure doesn't mean it's over with. There's some of us that the enemy has so convinced us to do nothing because we've missed. There's a principle in science, there's a law that says an object in motion stays in motion. You know what? It, you can sit and steer a car all day that's parked. You turn the wheel all day long. It's not doing you any good. But you get it moving. And once you get it moving, you start steering it, you can go someplace. I think sometimes God's just waiting for us to get moving. Because He can't steer us while we're doing nothing. But if we can just get moving, we may be aiming at the wrong thing. But if we get moving, God knows how to redirect us and get us to the right place. How many of you are today in ministry exactly where you thought you would be? But let's change the question. They'll be better. How many of you today are nowhere near where you thought you would be? I don't mean in a negative sense. I don't mean that negative. I mean in a positive sense. What you're doing, where you are, where God has placed you. Let me ask you this question. How many of you, anybody here tonight, what you're doing now and you believe you're doing the will of God was at, was at one point you thought God told you something very different? Anybody? A couple that are listening. <laughs> there's not more hands because you ain't listening. Because <laughs> there's a bunch of you. You know God told you. Let me tell you something. God is... God ain't right. Excuse the grammar. <laughs> he, oh, he's a good fisherman. Because he knows exactly the right bait to get you to move. And he throws something on the end of that line, big old juicy worm. And you're like, yes, God, I'll do that. Woo! For sure. You start following the bait. Have no idea where you're going. You're just looking at the bait. You have no idea the path you're on is completely opposite. Then finally he reels it in and you look around and you go, Oh, how did I get here? This isn't what we discussed. This isn't what I gave you permission to do. I, I know. I don't think my parents did it. I'm glad because I don't not want them to go anywhere anytime soon. But I've heard of people that pulled into towns to start churches. And one of the first things they did, bless God, was buy two cemetery plots. The point was to say, we've come here and we ain't leaving. This is where we'll die. Some of them are on the other side of the world now and got cemetery plots where they were. 
going to be expensive to get them back there. Because sometimes we aim and we think we know what we're aiming for. But God said, I just got to get you moving. Because if I can get you moving, I can end up getting you where I really want you. But I need you moving first. And here's the thing I found and I think most would agree with. Maybe not before it's over with. But by the time it's over with and God has done what God wanted to do, you look around and go, well, it's not what I wanted and it's not what I expected. But I'm sure glad somehow you got me to this place. Because you really did know what you're doing. And All things have worked together for good. See, even in the scripture, those that had a word, it was a vague word. Abraham, I'm going to make you a great nation. Go. Can we get a little more details than that, God? My GPS is not going to get me anywhere on go. I need an address. I need, I need some specifics, God. I was reading last week using where God called Abraham. And when God called Abraham, He told him, He said, He told him in advance, your people are going to spend 400 years in bondage and this is what's going to happen. And this is, man, that was, can you, how great is that? You and I, God usually doesn't tell us. But what I can trust is, if he knew what was going to happen in advance and told Abraham, he may not tell me, but he knows. Job said, I looked for you in front of me. Couldn't find you. I looked for you behind me. I looked on the left hand where you were working. And that's a frustrating one. You see where God's working and you need something. And so you go where God's working. But you get there and it dries up. He said, I looked for him on the right. Couldn't find him there either. But he knows where I am. He knows where I am. And he's got me moving in the right direction. I may not know exactly where I'm going and... I may have started with one aim in mind, but the good thing is I started. What would have happened if Abraham would have sat and said, God, until you give me every detail and tell me exactly where I'm going, I'm not moving. I think what would have happened is God would have found somebody else who was willing to start on a simple word. So even those that got some degree of a word, a lot of them didn't get a whole lot of details. It was just simply, here's what I want you to aim for. And if I can get you moving towards that, I can get you positioned exactly where I want you to be. I just need you to move. I guess I, I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. I guess part of what my desire, my burden is tonight of this message is to see at least a few of you just kind of relieved of the pressure of you got to get it right every time. 
What if I pray for them and they don't get healed? What, what if I knock this door and they don't want God? Okay. That guy goes up to the plate making millions of dollars. He strikes out. He doesn't go to the manager the next day and say, uh, listen, I, I, need to, I need to give you my money back. I need to quit. I failed. No, I failed. But there's another time coming. I believe one of these times, hopefully sooner rather than later, especially if it's you, that I'm going to go in a hospital where somebody needs prayer. <laughs> I'm working myself out of a job in Arnold, Brother Joel. They're going to go to the hospital. They ain't going to call me. <laughs> You all send somebody. Just don't send Brother David right. But one of these times, I'm going to aim. And I'm not going to miss. I wonder what it might be for you in your life that one more time of aiming, and you might be prepared to miss, but it's going to be the time that when you let it go, when you start moving, that God is going to start intervening and working, and by the time it's over with, it's all going to be accomplished exactly the way He intended. Somehow... We, we, we've got to believe. I don't know how we can necessarily see it. But somehow we've got to believe that God is working even when we don't see it and we don't feel it. We're not consciously aware of it. That while God's speaking to me over here, God's got four lepers positioned over there. And at the right moment and the right time, God is going to bring it all together and is going to fulfill individually in your life and Collectively in us as a church, what it is he intended. So I wonder if there's somebody tonight that will join with me and let's decide we're just going to go ahead and aim to miss. We might be offline with our shot, but God has a way. You know, Brother Owens, it, that, that's. One of the sweetest things in sports is when that guy pulls up behind that three-point line and that ball goes through that cylinder and touches nothing but net and it's just, it, you just... Shoo, shoo. But you know what? There's been a few times guys have thrown up a shot intending to swish it and shot it too far and it clanked off the backboard, came down and hit the rim, Rolled around some and fell through. You get three points for the swish that doesn't touch any of the rim. And you get three points for the one that goes off the backboard that was unplanned. It may not all work out the way you intended. It may not all fall into the, into the plan that you have. But as long as when it's said and done, God has accomplished what God said He would do, it may have not been exactly what you were aiming for. But if the outcome is what God wants, that's all that matters. I want you to stand, please. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't care what I don't care what aspect it is, what the application of it is. I don't care what the specifics may be for you. Maybe it's something in a personal setting. Maybe it's something ministry. Maybe it's beyond that, whatever. But but I want to give an altar call right now. And I want to give an altar call to some folks that will make up your mind tonight. I'm going to aim to miss. I'm going to stop sitting back and waiting until I know absolutely Certain. But I'm going to be like the lepers. I'm going to be like Jonathan. God might do something. I don't have a guarantee. I'm not certain if he's going to respond or not. But there's a chance that if we'll go, God will do. There's a chance that if we'll take a step of faith, God will meet us as we take that step. Come on, as you're coming, it's your declaration. Come on, as you're coming, it's your declaration. God, I'm not going to sit paralyzed till everything is exactly lined up. And I know, I know down to the detail, down to the, down to the most minutest of measurements that I've got everything exactly on target. I might be off target. My aim may be a little bit off. But I'm just going to go ahead and aim to miss. Because you're able to direct. You're able to redirect. If I can give you something to steer. If I can give you something to position or reposition. You've got the ability to get me to the right place. But sometimes, God, you just need me to move. You need me to aim, even if in my aiming I might miss. I'm going to aim. I'm going to aim and trust that you can redirect. Trust that as I take the step of faith, you're able to order my steps and guide me and lead me and position me. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I realize a lot of you've come to pray, but if you don't feel a need to respond for yourself, can I invite you to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost right now and let the Lord lead you to pray for somebody in this altar. Come on, I believe God wants some people to leave here tonight free from some fear and some apprehension. Fear that you got to have it just right. It's all got to be exactly lined up. If you're a worship leader and you pick the wrong song, that's all right. Go on to the next one. If you're a preacher and you miss it on the message today, that's all right. Move on to the next one. But give God something to work with. Give God something to direct. Give God something to move position to work through God we come against every spirit of fear tonight 
every fear of failure tonight paralyzes us that keeps us from stepping out in faith and confidence God even if it's just a maybe even if all I have is a maybe you'll work all I have is a maybe you'll do something I'm going to take a step of faith even if it's just on a maybe
going to trust you to direct my path. I'm going to trust you to steer me in the right direction. In the name of Jesus, 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 Oh, 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 oh,